Hi, I'm Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. And I'm Jared Murphy from City Limits. And as part of our ongoing series on big issues in the 2021 campaign, today we're talking about immigration. And this is obviously an issue, a topic essential to New York City's identity, has been uh, really forever, uh, of course, with the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, and so much more. Uh, of course, there were Native Americans uh, here in the city, especially the, the island of Manhattan, uh, long before settlers came from, uh, Dutch settlers came. Even back early on in, in the late 17th century, there were hundreds of people and, and you know, a dozen plus languages spoken. Um, it's obviously key to you know, New York City's growth, health over centuries. Uh, there are 3 million plus immigrants in New York City, more than a third of the population. The undocumented population is well over half a million, which obviously would be on its own. Uh, one of the biggest cities in the country. Um, there are about roughly 1 million New Yorkers who lived in mixed status households. Uh, immigrants are said to own roughly 50%, even more of New York City's businesses. Obviously that includes many, many small businesses that make so many neighborhoods vibrant and thrive. Um, and it's estimated that immigrants and immigrant businesses are responsible for about 22% of the city's total GDP. Now, immigration uh, is obviously key to the city's future as well as its past and its present. And there have been some concerns about the slowing pace of immigration to the city. Uh, immigration has been one of these constants that's helped the city continue to grow in its population and continue to thrive in many ways. There's been a pretty serious drop in immigration to the city uh, that, was, that was really during the Trump presidency, which was obviously a presidency very unfriendly towards immigrants in many, many ways. Uh, and there's been you know, real challenges around what the population of the, the city and its growth looks like uh, due to a drop in immigration as well as drops in, in birth rates. Um, you know, the last few years have obviously also shown the real vulnerability of immigrants, especially undocumented immigrants during the Trump presidency, um, but also as COVID-19 struck as a vulnerable population, like other vulnerable populations in the city, uh, undocumented immigrants and immigrants more generally uh, feel every crisis or challenge more acutely. And that was certainly the case with the health and social and economic and educational impacts uh, of COVID-19. And this is an issue, Ben, where uh, when you think about the landscape, so many times we talk about the fact that, you know, New York City is a creation of the state. Obviously, it's subservient to the federal government. But this is an issue where the city really has very little direct authority over the most important policies. Immigration is fundamentally a federal uh, issue. It's even an issue where the president, the executive branch has a lot more authority on a day-to-day -day basis and a lot less oversight from courts or from Congress than any other area of policy or many other areas of policy. And also obviously it's uh, something that is affected by forces and events all around the world, natural disasters, um, strife, famines, uh, other problems and issues around the world affect who's coming and under what circumstances to New York City. So New York City is very much kind of playing in a field of, um, of bigger players on immigration. Another thing to keep in mind, obviously immigrants, we, there's an image that might come to mind of a particular type of person, but it's a very diverse uh, population. Some folks have been here for decades, people who got here last week, uh, some of them are university professors. You have people with extraordinary educational credentials, probably not working in jobs 
that are up to that level of expertise. I know we have uh, some bodegas here in the Bronx run by people who are physicists and doctors, guy who uh, was a major journalist running a fruit stand, I know, uh, in the city. Um, you also have people who've come here and they are not literate in the language they speak because they grew up in a rural area, didn't have the benefit of education. People who are indigenous um, residents of their home country, people from countries we think of as Spanish speaking who may not speak Spanish. Um, different statuses, some of them are, as you mentioned, undocumented. Others are already citizens or have permanent residence. Some of them have come as refugees or asylees. There are real social tensions around this. The New York City obviously thinks of itself as a melting pot or a tossed salad, and often that is the case, but it doesn't always work out in kind of a Shangri-La sort of way. Um, you've had tensions on Staten Island between Mexicans and others. You've had issues in the Bronx between um, Native Americans, or I should say African-Americans and new African immigrants. And recently we've had a spate of attacks apparently uh, motivated by bias on Asian Americans. So that is part of the picture, obviously not just immigrants affected by that, anyone who matches those descriptions can be um, victimized, but certainly part of the picture of tension between um, groups who are established here and groups who are newcomers. And I think because of the importance of the issue and its complexity, this is an area where really almost all recent mayors have tried to craft, at least ostensibly, an immigrant-friendly image. Um, Mayor Giuliani, not a friend to um, many liberal social causes when he was mayor, certainly afterward, uh, was uh, established himself as being pro-immigrant, um, disputing the 1996 anti-immigration laws in Congress. Mayor Bloomberg often took pro-immigration stances, and uh, you know that was part not only of his run for president, but earlier his run for, or his time as mayor of New York City. And obviously it's been a focus of, uh, of Mayor de Blasio. Yes, indeed. And that's where we see, you know, the, the candidates for mayor this year, looking at the de Blasio legacy of the last seven plus years and talking about what they would do differently, what they would expand on, et cetera. You know, de Blasio came in, um, you know, with his focus on equity uh, and did a lot on immigration, but a lot of that was also pushed by then City Council Speaker Melissa Mark Viverito, who really made immigrants and immigrant rights a major focus of her four years as City Council Speaker. She worked closely with City Council Member Carlos Menchaca uh, on a lot of those issues. And de Blasio was very you know, receptive in almost uh, every case, as, as far as I know. Uh, they, did, you know they did a lot together. Um, one of their biggest priorities was trying to uh, make New York City a sanctuary city. Obviously, there was a lot of controversy over whether the city really had the power to do that and to what extent it could. We saw there were obviously gaps in that because as you noted, so much does come back to federal uh, policy. There's no way that the city can fully guarantee that it's a sanctuary to undocumented immigrants. And de Blasio also, you know, he was a little bit cagey about this, but he didn't want to make it a 100%, you know, sanctuary city. There were certain, you know, crimes that people committed that he wanted to keep on a list of, of cooperating with uh, immigration enforcement officials. And that became something of a source of controversy as de Blasio, Mark Viverito and the council developed a very significant uh, legal defense fund, uh, the, the New York uh, Immigrant Family Unity uh, Project, and that was a major you know, accomplishment for them. Also, you know, some debate among them. Then there was the IDNYC program that launched, the municipal identification card that was meant for all New Yorkers, but also to help give a form of ID to people that didn't have it. 
uh, often immigrants, often undocumented immigrants, um, and that was there, but there was also some questions and controversy around there, document retention and so forth. And then of course, the ongoing questions, as I mentioned, around cooperation with ICE, the courts, the police department, uh, the Department of Correction. There's uh, you know, questions around how policing in general you know, impacts immigrants and the question of you know, people having criminal records and potentially then being deported. Uh, the ongoing issue of, of providing counsel in immigration court, as well as, you know, translation services there and so many other places. And then also in the de Blasio years, you know, he tried to expand uh, city health coverage to immigrants, including undocumented immigrants and questions around whether people would have uh, primary care physicians and whether, you know, uh, people were going to be able to seek proactive and preventative care which again, we saw come into so much focus as COVID-19 wreaked uh, havoc on so many people who've not been getting those, that type of care. And then a couple other issues in the de Blasio years that remain uh, points of contention, points of debate in the current race to replace him and other races in the city this year. And that's questions over street vendors and street vendor licensing. And also we just saw this excluded workers fund come through in the state budget, billions of dollars that undocumented immigrants will be able to apply for uh, if they've lost uh, income and wages due to the virus and its, its many impacts on people. And I think that sets the stage perfectly for what you know, the candidates in 2021 for mayor and other offices are talking about. And you know the recovery from COVID and COVID's impacts are obviously job one, getting people vaccinated, uh, getting people back to some level of economic stability. And I think from that flow, deeper questions about how the city is serving its immigrants, about healthcare access, as you mentioned, um, especially community health centers, and frankly, about the social safety net. The state fund for excluded workers is a wonderful thing, but it's a one-shot deal. It doesn't address the fact that you have this vulnerability in a population that cannot qualify for a lot of federal benefits, um, obviously is in a position where it may not want to uh, make itself known for any city benefits that might be out there or nonprofit charitable resources. Um, that's a real problem the city faces a vulnerability going forward if there's another economic emergency anywhere akin to, to COVID-19. Uh, policing and corrections will continue to be, as you mentioned, an issue in terms of cooperation with ICE and, uh, and federal immigration services, whether it's in the jails or policing, and in different ways too. Um, one of the big issues in New York City is can we assure undocumented people that they can approach the police to report a crime, to make themselves available as a witness without worrying about their status being reported? That's something the city has tried to assure with executive orders. That's a constant battle in terms of, of perception and reality in the city's uh, conduct of its policing. Wage theft exploitation is a big issue in the city, always has been, often affects uh, undocumented immigrants. Violence against immigrants, we mentioned, is a major issue now, especially regarding the Asian American community, but uh, many others as well have been victimized by that in the past. And the question of language access is a really interesting one as the city's pool of immigrants changes. You know, obviously many things in New York City are in Spanish. There are several official languages the city translates much material into, but not everything is translated perfectly or on time. And obviously there are language groups coming in from new areas that aren't served by those. So that's a major, major issue. But I think, Ben, one of the most interesting ones that people have talked about a little bit on the campaign trail and affects politics directly is civic participation by undocumented immigrants and the question of whether some local right to vote should be extended. 
Right. There's been a, a bit of a split in the Democratic primary field over this question. And most of it revolves around, you know, permanent residency status, not, you know, not necessarily extending the municipal vote uh, to all undocumented immigrants. But uh, really, this is about documented immigrants. In most cases, the conversations revolving around and, and extending the franchise to people who are have been living in New York City and continue to live in New York City. Um, but but haven't necessarily become full citizens, uh, at least by paperwork um, and questions around whether they should be allowed to vote in municipal elections. That's seemingly the only thing the city would have power over is the local elections, but that's become uh, an interesting question. You know, I, 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 as we're talking here, you know, it's also striking me that, of course, when we talk about any demographic group, you know, we're talking about there are always some issues that impact them more than others. But of course, for immigrants, you know, the, the issues run the gamut and things like housing, schools, you name it, are, are always issues for virtually every demographic group in the city. And then there are some issues that hit certain groups more acutely than others. Here, of course, you know, immigration enforcement, deportation policy, citizenship policy are some of those uh, it, it, you know, the, the sort of sectors of the economy where immigrants are more overrepresented like we said, you know, with street vendors, um, you know, th those are things that, of course, become more uh, more a focal point, not just street vendors, but also delivery workers. We've seen so much discussion around, you know, the uh, use of e-bikes and those being legalized on the state level and then what the city policies are around those, how delivery workers are treated and matters of, of economic policy around around those um, NYPD enforcement of the e-bikes and, and so much more. Um, and then another sector is the is the taxi sector, and we've seen this taxi medallion crisis. That you know, there's still questions for this mayor, this city council, and very likely the next mayor, next city council, around what to do to try to help those taxi medallion uh, owners who are not you know any type of big conglomerate uh, who own you know one medallion and are really uh, struggling under that debt. You know, there's questions around how to to help those folks. And it's interesting, this is an issue that obviously is fascinating and really important, but it's one that some candidates for, for mayor, just to take that race as perhaps the most important one, um, have focused on specifically, you know, candidates like Andrew Yang and Diane Morales, um, Sean Donovan and Scott Stringer have set up specific sets of policies to address immigration questions. And they vary in what they say and how comprehensive they are. And several other candidates have, have not addressed it directly, at least as a separate issue, but they certainly uh, refer to it in their other plans that deal with other aspects of city government. Um, but given that that's the case, you know, some of the questions that I think we might have for candidates, and they've probably answered some of these at many of the forums that have occurred, but big questions for voters to keep in mind are, um, if you are going to, for instance, expand the franchise to uh, permanent residents and others perhaps who are not citizens, how do you really make sure they're part of that process and, and you know, take it beyond merely um, creating a franchise to uh, engagement, um, voter education, all those things to make this uh, a, a truly valuable uh, exercise in expanding democracy? I think that's one question I have. Another is, again, in terms of the social safety net, we've seen with COVID-19, the problems that creates for people who do not have uh, full uh, status here as citizens, what are we gonna do about that? Is there something the city can do to make sure that in an emergency, we have a nimble and rigorous system for providing help where it's needed to everyone, regardless of what their uh, immigration status is? 
Yeah, and I'll just sit on a couple of things I think are key questions for the mayoral candidates and candidates for other offices too. Um, two key areas I think you know that we haven't talked a lot about here, but one is education and questions around you know what is your education policy to help both adult immigrants, uh, people you know, and again, not every immigrant needs help learning English, but adult literacy classes are often a key issue among immigrants. Uh, do you have a plan to help? older immigrants and then younger immigrants and bilingual schooling and, and so much more around language access and what you just got at around the franchise. There's also questions around uh, requirements around translations at poll sites and all sorts of other things. But even before you get to a poll site, you know, what are the policies around politics and civics and translation and everything from community board uh, meetings to, to so much more. And then housing is such a key issue, the question of affordability, the question of legalizing accessory dwelling units. These are, you know, how does, how does the city build more housing and more affordable housing, create more legal units? These are huge questions for the next mayor that are being debated. And then lastly, I'll say, you know, as we started here, clearly the city must work with federal partners. So much of this will be decided on the federal level if there's any changes at all what happens under a Biden presidency and a Democratic Congress, a very narrow Democratic Congress around immigration reform, will anything actually get done? New pathways to citizenship and so forth, refugee policy, and so much of that impacts New York City as a city of immigrants. And so local leaders have to be ready and thoughtful about both what they're trying to influence in the federal policy and then how they would implement it and work with federal and state partners on those. So many questions and so little time. I hope we get some answers on that between now and the primary. Uh, if you want answers or questions on other policy issues, please check out our previous eight videos at citylimits.org or gothamgazette.com. Check gothamgazette.com or citylimits.org every day for campaign news, background, and investigations. Listen to the show Ben and I do on WBAI, The Max and Murphy Show, every Wednesday at 5 p.m. on 99.5 FM. Go to vote.nyc to learn about your registration, your voting place and voting times. And remember, early voting begins June 12th and primary day is June 22nd.